Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It's weird. There's like feedback. Your feedback. No, I can really hear my voice. Did you have me on speaker a second ago? What do you mean? Because I could literally, I don't hear it so much now, but a minute ago, it's like I could hear my voice echo when I talked. I don't know. Uh You know, we're going to stop talking on the phone before we record because we lose all our best material that way. Yeah. All our phone conversations are gold. Yeah. Then we get on here and... and, I mean, what are they, silver, bronze? We just talk about stuff. No, that's what we do on the phone. Um, But anyhow, I guess, uh, shall we we start the show? Yep. We always... We what? We always do. Okay. Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Normal Show. I'm one of your hosts, Jeremiah. And I'm Caleb. And yeah, uh, it's been a couple weeks, uh, but you know, not not as long as the last break we had between shows. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, we're also getting closer to getting closer to Thanksgiving um, and uh, the holiday season. You know, you can't walk into a store now without hearing Mariah Carey. Um, it's holiday season. Mm. With you do and Jeffy and whatever he says in that song. I'm not familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's Dean. You know, Dean Martin sings it. Other people do too. Uh, he sings a lot. Dean Martin sang a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Although, um, if you had, probably wouldn't have remembered because he was drunk. Well, no, I remember that whole thing. He was—he was always drinking apple juice. It was all a, it was all a gag. Yeah, right. Yeah, was it was one of those things that was revealed by his uh, his son. He said, like, yeah, they never actually when he was on TV. That gets not booze in his glass. It's apple juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what my son would say about me too. I'm sure. Uh, but anywho, um, any big plans for the, because I was to say Thanksgiving is about a week away. Any big plans? Um, no, not for Thanksgiving. Mm. No, we're just going to eat food, mm. sit around the house. Yeah, hobo's last feast. <laughs> yeah. Um, well mentioning. Hobo. I do, yeah. do have some news though. Hey, what's that? Bad news. Uh, so we had to put red down last night. Yeah, I saw. I saw the post. Yeah, I figured you did, but yeah, you know, it was you know, with our cat, it was kind of 
it's been a few years we were like he's blind and has cancer and you know we expected it with red he was fine until last week mm-hmm. and then he started having a lot of diarrhea and not eating anything or drinking anything so he he's about a 90 pound dog um after a couple days of that when Carrie was like, oh, well, she was hoping it was going to get better and it was just, you know, upset stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he had blood in his diarrhea and we were like, yeah, this isn't getting better. We better take him to the vet. So she took him and he was like 73 pounds or something like that. Yeah. In two days of that. And it turned out um, he had kidney failure and pancreatitis, which I thought it was pancreatitis. Because mm-hmm. a coworker, her dog was doing the same thing, but then he had kidney failure on top of that, and he was just you know not not getting better, not eating, mm-hmm. not drinking. So, uh, how old uh, was Red? Uh, he was twelve. I mean, big dogs for a big dog. That's pretty damn old. So yeah, he was pretty old, and and yeah. you know they were like, we can give him a lot of fluids and get him back to feeling better, and you know he might last another year, and it was like. A, a year of what? Of more misery? <laughs> I know. A year of more suffering? Yeah. Like, if, if this yeah. happened, then, you know, and that was one vet, and there was another one that she was like, yeah, from what you've told me, it it sounds like, you know, he's suffering, and you're making the right decision, so. Yeah, he's on his way out. Though. Yeah, it just feels weird, you know, he's been with us for a long time. And... Yeah. But no, I mean, it's honestly, like, big and medium-sized dogs... 12 is a pretty damn good run. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, but it, yeah. like I said, like he was like, you know, old and suffering and he was fine. He was walking around. He was still, you know, yeah. like begging for his treats, going on walks and stuff. And then suddenly that it just kind of hit and was yeah. like, oh, I'm gone. Well, no, honestly, same thing kind of happened with uh, my dog Shiloh. Whenever I was uh, in my my mid twenties, uh, he was a very active dog. Uh, he and what's well, he literally had just turned eleven and died the next day because he had developed a cyst on his spine. A lot of a, a lot of people, like you know, like my, my mom and I think the vets even uh, speculated it was because we had a a phone line that went across like the back, uh, the back fence and squirrels would run on it. So he'd see them and he'd, you know, like kind of prop himself up on the fence and kind of jump and be like, you know, bark at him. And the sadistic little bastards would stop, see him that, Oh, you can't get me and taunt him. And we think that's what killed him just because he just from being in that position and jumping, uh, he developed a cyst and it burst. And yeah, it just literally overnight, uh, he, you know, all the all the terrible symptoms happen, and and he didn't last. So yeah, yeah, and it's it's, it's weird. Like for as you know, how dogs are, they're they're like very, oh, we're dogs, we're tough, we're mean, you know, we're dogs, but, we're going but the dogs. lightest thing, and it's like yeah. they their bodies can't handle it. They're yeah, um, you know, the, if they get a twisted stomach from eating something wrong or whatever, yeah. you know it is they it seems like ailments hit dogs harder than it does cats they're the they're the superman of pets basically of like oh man they're yeah. almost invincible that one thing that just destroys yeah. them and they just 
topple like uh, a noodle man. Oh. But anyway, so we're, I mean, you know, we'll, we're not like, oh, it's so sad. My dog died. But it's, it's just weird. You know, he's, he was always here for the last 12 years. And yeah. That, well, he, he went through yeah. several states with you. So, you know, or a couple states. So, yeah, went to Colorado. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, uh, well, R.I.P. Red. Yeah. Um, yeah, what... I was save it for the in memoriam, but, yeah. uh, you know, I'll just title this episode after him, I guess. Yeah. I was, uh, it was really weird, too, because I figured you were going to ask me what my Thanksgiving plans are. Now it's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeremiah, what are your Thanksgiving plans? Well, and don't you let them be too joyous. Well, you know, I mean, I was going to say, you know, speaking of, because we, we, we mentioned, you know, Eric had mentioned uh, uh, Hobo's Last Feast. Uh, I'm going to be up with our good friend, friends of the show, uh, uh, John Kelly, you know, kind of since... Mm-hmm. It's, a, you know, Thanksgiving is one of those holidays where it's like, ah, I mean, it's not, you know, I can't really, I don't, I, you know, it's nothing that I would really travel a long distance for, you yeah. know, uh, so I can't really go, go back to Oklahoma and visit family there or go out to Arizona and visit my family there. So it's like, whereas John and Kelly are just a state away and, you know, I usually have a fairly open yeah. invitation. It's a lot easier to mooch off them than it yeah, is. Oh yeah, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they're very <laughs> they're very moochable uh, <laughs> but no you know we uh usually we have a routine we go over to to kelly's mom's farmhouse and we um and usually we meet up with uh kelly's sister jen and then we just kind of have a yeah you know have, have a like this like thanksgiving now what, what were you out there last time for oh uh so because so when we recorded that was in that was in uh uh, march i want to say and the reason why i was out there then was because i was supposed to go there christmas um oh oh right then i had like higher higher issues like literally i it was christmas eve i was i was just about to like to to drive to madison and then, mm-hmm. you know, I had the foresight of like, okay, maybe I should check my, I should probably check my tires, make sure I got good air pressure. And as soon as I looked at my tires, I noticed there was a giant bulge on the side. I'm like, well, that can't right. be that trip. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but so that I, I made up for it and saw them in March. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. so. Your, uh, your tire turned into a 1970s rock star. Basically, yeah, <laughs> it had a bulge. bulge. It was like Tom Jones, <laughs> Tom and his Jones. Uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, so yeah, but the plan is to go up there, uh, visit them, bring back some delicious new Glarus beer, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, have a you know, like so it's you know, we you know, it, there's a lot more, there's a lot more drinking and being and making merry. At uh, at this at this at, you know at these celebrations than at the ones that I grew up in because you know being raised in a Baptist family, you know you were that, Baptist. What's up? You were Baptist. Yeah, I thought I told you I was, that. I was Baptist. Yeah, we've talked about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, once my parents divorced, it kind of <laughs> it was right. just like that. Oh, no more church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, which I had no. no problem, we but... get to. Yeah, you get to. Like, it was like yeah. no more. It was no more church, but uh, you know, yeah. as an eleven-year-old kid, to me, I was like, "Oh, this is great." Sundays, I can watch Ren and Stimpy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah. So, um, but no, uh, so a lot of it. There was a lot more. There wasn't. There there wasn't a lot of drinking 
uh, or, or drinking alcohol, I should say, at those celebrations. And it was really wasn't even like Christmas or, or Thanksgiving. And really, it wasn't until I visited my brother in Arizona because, you know, his his uh, his in-laws are all Catholic and they have a much different approach to celebrating. <laughs> right. there, was, there was wine all over the place. I'm like, oh man, this is great. This is what was way more fun than our Christmas is. <laughs> um, yeah, somebody brought rum cake, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, but you know, so it was just kind of like, you know, so it's it's it, it, it's one of those things too. Where I think Thanksgiving is a, is one of those holidays where. As a kid, you don't really like it because it's, oh, there's no presents involved. Okay, yeah, there's food, but big deal. I think it's as you get older, you enjoy Thanksgiving, especially if you don't have family to deal with. Well, <laughs> you know, friends. well, see, it was different for me because my family, like my extended family, we always get together around Thanksgiving yeah. and, and Christmas. And growing up, that was always good and fun and everything, you know, but as I've gotten older, uh, I don't have the same metabolism, so I can't eat all the th- food that I used to eat at Thanksgiving. Yeah, Like, I used to be able to down multiple trips to the buffet table, you know? And It'd it was like... Like a, like a five-course meal, basically. Yeah, like, you know, when I was playing football and stuff, I was I could down that stuff and, and then go take a six-hour nap. Yeah. <laughs> and... And then wake up and watch some football and yeah, um, yeah. Now now it's like I eat a little turkey, some dressing and yeah. and uh, mashed potatoes, and I'm like, oh my god, oh, so yeah. full. Well, no, and even if you work, even like well, the you know prime example, like I uh, I, I cooked a turkey before we uh, recorded, just because it was kind of you know right now is the time to do it because they're cheap yeah. as hell. And they yeah. last you a while, but you'll last on that for like three months. You'll be yeah, eating yeah, you can freeze it. Yeah, you can freeze yeah. it. You know, uh, but but here's the thing: is I prior to this, I did five miles of cardio today, and as I told you, like I cooked, you know, I had cooked a turkey, I baked a potato, and I cooked some stir fried uh, vegetables, and I had to throw a lot of it out because I'm like, and that's me, like with uh, like building my metabolism up because you know I just I just done five miles of cardio and in like under an hour and you know it was just kind of like okay well i should be hungry I, man, this will be great and i start eating it and i'm just like i'm full <laughs> yeah well you know there's that guy on the internet that says cardio is not the way to burn fat yeah but it burns calories you know what i'm talking about though that yeah i know that the little thing that pops up at the end is like i eat all my stuff and i eat all this shit you know yeah it's like you're right cardio is not the way to burn fat it's how you burn calories you burn fat by working out and doing weights oh but well and also and diet is how you burn fat uh, but uh but no um screw diet yeah <laughs> well i mean diet can... is just die with a t yeah well i have to do it now like <laughs> it's i, I well, it's, it's funny though because i think i told you about this uh i can't remember i don't think we talked about it on the show but there was one day where i was closing because i usually have a cheat day and unfortunately it ran out of the food at work uh where you know i always get like a there's a french dip they have which is amazing 
and um like they were out of it on the sunday which was my cheat day and i'm like all right i need something and i don't want to eat eggs and celery which is normally what i eat <laughs> one of my meals is that <clears throat> and um uh, and i ended up going to burger king and i had a whopper for the first time in years and it's one of those things like where you bite into it and suddenly like that flood of memory of like your childhood. Yeah, like, you're like, oh, this is amazing, but also I feel terrible. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's like, oh god, this that's is how so that's good. how I am when I when I go to Wendy's or something like. Yeah. Um, when I was driving for Ramblin', um, you know, I'd be I'd have to eat something, and the only place nearby was like the Wendy's or something. Some fast. So food. I'd go. Yeah, and I'd I'd eat that, and you know we don't go out a lot just because yeah. money, um, so stuff like that. It's you know few and far between. I'll and I'll get that, and I'll be like, oh god, Wendy's is so good, but God, I can feel my heart stopping right now. Well, that's also why I don't do the fry. I was like, all right, I'll do. It's like don't do the combo. We'll just do the sandwich, you know, because <laughs> yeah. like, that's just excess you don't need. Um, but yeah. Uh, but no, um, looking forward to Thanksgiving. Uh, like I said, it's always it's always nice to to see those guys. Are and, you are you going to watch that Thanksgiving movie with them? I don't know what is when does it even come out. Well, I imagine it comes out around Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, is there, I'm, but I'm wondering, has it already come out yet? Or I don't know. Let me, let me see. I doubt it. I mean, it's probably coming out this Friday. I'm willing to bet. I mean, if it's... Hey, Siri, when does the Thanksgiving horror movie come out? Here's what I found. Uh, United States releasing on November 17th, so this Friday. So, yeah, I was right, yeah. Um, I don't know. Depends on like, because Eli Roth. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's like his, a lot of his stuff. I'm like, I'll wait till it comes out on video. Yeah. Um, although I did see, I did see the very first hostage or hostage hostel uh, in theaters. Uh, I think I, honestly, I think that's the only movie theatrically of his I've ever seen. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, and might, that might be the only movie. Oh no, I guess I saw the sequel. Um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to think of there's I've, I've never really sat down and watched Cabin Fever. Have you? Uh, no, I've seen like bits and pieces of it uh, enough to know that, like, okay, well, and I think, well, that's I've, also Cabin Fever is also it's supposed to be almost satirical, like, I don't think it's really meant to be serious. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, like, uh, how house what is it uh cabin in the woods kind of but not uh, not quite that far but yeah but also and, and not quite that good <laughs> also, so i would argue but well right but during that time it was like they were remaking old horror movies but mm -hmm. with like tongue-in-cheek kind of aspect yeah because yeah the whole like a lot of it is i think a big part of it is like you see all these people making stupid mistakes and that's why they die yeah um because yeah, it's, I know it had because uh, well, I know it was Jordan Ladd uh, who's in I think all of his movies like has a role in almost like every one of his movies uh, is in it and like there's some, there's this thing like where her face because it's about flesh eating bacteria and her face is all like but yeah. But yeah, but no, I guess as I said, I know I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, I mean. We, we usually have a good time. We hang out, 
check out downtown Madison, and yeah, and then I'll be heading back on uh, uh, the following uh, Saturday. So, but yeah, wow, cool story, uh, bro. Um, I know, I, I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> I am a writer. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anywho, uh, uh, oh, uh, I guess we can move on to entertainment news. Uh, so, season finale of Loki aired. Um, yeah, and I think you said you you said you saw it, right? I did say I saw it. Yes, I, I did say that. Yes, right. I did say I saw yeah. it. Right. Uh, what did you think as a whole on the show? Uh, well, I feel like season one was better, but mm. I it was not bad. I I liked it. Um, just because it seemed like, let's see what. Oh, I I didn't like the Victor Timely thing being a stutterer guy because every time he talked, I was like, just get out, just say it. Yeah, ninety percent of this episode is him saying things. Yeah, mm. I, I, I let's think, uh, 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 the loom. Uh, it's like just say it. Yeah. Well, it's say because it. well, it's it's because they like what like I can imagine um, Jonathan Majors probably was like I want to give each one of these guys. A very yeah. distinct different personality because yeah. whereas you know because like if you look at him and then you look at he who remains and even yeah. Kang, like they're all very different. I, so I'm sure he was trying to like what's something I could quirky I could give this guy. Yeah, he can be an insecure stutterer. Yeah. Um but you know, yeah, it was good. I like I like time movies, like time plots mm-hmm. if they're good, you know. So when yeah. you see somebody loop back on their own timeline, it's I I always enjoy that. Like, yeah. oh, you see yourselves. Oh, it's so funny. I just uh, I, I would never write anything like that just because there's too much oh, crap, too many variables. Oddly enough, variables yeah. or variants that you have to keep in mind when you're writing that. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, but um, but if if people are good at it, like, and they do it well, then yeah, yeah, it's it's really uh, especially if it gets like really out of control. You know, like uh, if something like on Rick and Morty or something yeah. like that. Well, and I, I did love, I love the fact, like you know, there's a certain point where it shows you, like, well, it it shows you how Loki basically develops a conscience and and how and and uh, and just like how how like he's literally spent uh, centuries there. Like eventually, it says like whenever he's like, there's that one thing like where they just do the time jump where he says, okay, we talked yeah. to Ob. And says, "All right, how long would it take for me yeah. to learn this?" And he goes, "Oh, it would take centuries." Well, he says decades, and, and then, then and then PJ, or... yeah, and then it then it literally just go, screen goes black, and it says centuries later. Yeah, and so he's like, "Listen up, we've got to do this," and blah blah blah. And they're like, "What are you talking about? How are you?" He's like, "Don't, no time." Yeah, and then it works, and then it doesn't work. Well, I spoilers, I guess, but um. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Well, so then, if you're he... listening to this, you have seen the show because yeah. I mean, also, come on, it was spoilers if you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So he he has to fulfill his glorious purpose, and basically, you know, he's he becomes he who remains. Yeah. He's the guy. He's essentially he's the one that's holding time to get because like they destroy the loom. So he, in a sense, is even now the loom. You know, like he's the, he is literally the thing he's, that is well, holding time together. And they talk about, you know, this was a thing in the comics, but he becomes, instead of like the god of mischief, 
mischief he's the god of stories mm-hmm. which is what they say that loki actually was you know this mischief thing yeah or the god of lies is kind of like this negative perception that people have placed on loki but he's really the god of stories mm-hmm. and stories don't have to be bad they don't so, have but to basically so the idea of like oh he's just telling a story kind of like oh yeah he's, he's just telling you. a story you yeah. know it doesn't have to be bad a bad thing it can be a good thing to tell stories yeah so loki becomes the god of stories and has this positive connotation um yeah so he's he's now that was that in the and, and people, so people think you know they're like will there be a series three it seems like this was kind of an yeah, ending. It, it had a very, it had a very clear cut to me ending. I mean, it I'm did, sure they but, could figure out a way to come back. Right, yeah, they, the, they the variants. They could start following Sylvie around, or they could follow other Loki variants. Yeah. Um, which you know the the writer Eric, or I, th- I think his name was Eric or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I forget his name, Eric Martin or something like that. Uh, he said, you know, I wrote this season one and two as 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 a bookend, you know, so yeah. I knew I wanted to have a, a closed ended story. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the show is over, just that this story is over. Yeah. So that if they wanted to do like a sequel, they could do like another season, as you said, with Sylvie or, or yeah. with Mobius, oh, which I love the, the thing yeah, at the Mo- end. The thing at the end with Mobius, where he's just like staring at himself, creeping on him, on him and his family, and it's just like at a certain point, I kept waiting for like the, uh, I kept waiting for like that uh, uh, timelines uh, version of him being like on the phone. The police are, oh yeah, there's this creepy guy like across the street that's just like staring at me and my kids. It's really unnerving. (laughs) He looks. It's weird. He looks really familiar. Single <laughs> white female. He looks just like me. I don't even know if he likes jet skis or not. <laughs> um, yeah. So, that, so there's that, and and uh, people are like, so does this negate Kang? Is this Marvel's way of getting rid of Jonathan Majors and Kang? It's like no. They because they're still the whole point the of it Kang is Kang Dynasty is still happening. Yeah. <laughs> There's they set it up so that there are other variants out there. This didn't take care of that, it just created more. Yeah. So it's just he's holding it together. You know, he's yeah. holding the branches together. The timeline, he's now letting them all branch. But what yeah. that means now there are more kings out there. Mm-hmm. And so this is not a necessarily a good thing in in that, you know, king. Yeah, but still the sacred timeline is is being held and other you know, like billions of people aren't dying like you know before yeah. which i love to like it was actually something that uh i think i remember hearing kevin smith make the make like make the comparison like how like you know in in endgame when they turn into dust it's like yeah it's kind of disturbing but it's like when they just start turning into spaghetti that's really unnerving <laughs> yeah because it's just like oh so they're unraveling essentially yeah. yeah and it and it looks painful yeah uh but uh um, thing didn't seem painful yeah it's just kind of like oh i'm gone yeah i'm disappearing but this was like yeah like you almost like well kind of like uh, uh mr fantastic in uh multiverse yeah. of madness where yeah. she just like turns him in like once again and which i'm kind of wondering if that's where they got the idea from turning it like turning him into spaghetti <laughs> yeah 
Um, that's something else too. I guess they 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 confirmed that Scarlet Witch is dead. They and I'm doing this with air quotes because they're like, oh yeah, she's dead. They're not bringing her back. I'm like, nah, I don't it, buy that. That one is dead, but there are we've already seen. There's another one in another yeah. with children, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you're setting up the new the young Avengers. So they're gonna have to come from somewhere. Yeah, could be her. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be her. <laughs> Never know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but no, it is. It was something I was thinking about earlier today. Is that a lot of like the people though, who there aren't very many people left from Phase One. I mean, really, all I can think of is um, Nick Fury and uh, Thor. So like like Samuel Jackson and Chris Hemsworth. Because pretty much everybody else has kind of, I mean, yes, Mark Ruffalo, but technically he, I mean, you could say, oh, Ed Norton first, but yeah, screw it. I mean, Avengers was still technically a phase one movie, so okay, we'll count him. Um, but yeah, no, because um, what's her face is gone. Uh, um, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Iron Man is done, uh, and then Chris uh, Chris Evans. Jeremy Renner might still be, you know, in it, but it's oh, yeah, I, what's that? With his accident. What's that? With his accident. But, yeah. I, Although I hear he is he is on the mend. Like he is doing I'm sure he's on well. the action star on the mend. Yeah. You know, like he it or will it just be Hawkeye going, Hey guys, I'm here and then Well, like, I mean a lot I mean pretty much Hawkeye. Kate Bishop is pretty much the the new Hawkeye. I mean, so he could be, he could be like her man in a chair or something, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, there's not a lot, not a lot of them left. And I'm wondering how many, I'm wondering how many more, uh, Hemsworth is really going to be down for, you know? Yeah. Well, I know there's at least one more, there's Thor five, mm-hmm. but, um, Beyond he'll probably be in. He'll probably be in an event like one of the event. One of well, because you know he's he's got the thing. He's got that uh, thing, the disease thing. What is it? Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, he's got something that he's like going to retire from acting. I never heard that. What? Uh, yeah, a thing. I, I forget what it was. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let me look it up. This would have made more headlines. But... Um, it did make it made a lot of headlines. I never heard it. Uh, let me see. I don't know, Caleb. I ain't never heard an old mayor before. Heard an old Chris Hemsworth disease before. Um, yeah. So what's wrong with Chris Hemsworth? Chris Hemsworth is set to take a break from acting after a recent health diagnosis. Uh, the actor recently found out he has a rare gene, which increases his chance of developing Alzheimer's. So all the things I saw, it was basically like, like he doesn't want to do as many movies as he used to do or t- um, because he wants to spend time with his family before he loses his mind. Yeah. And- and Caleb, uh, you telling me that makes me really concerned that I don't remember ever hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have that gene. At least I don't have Alzheimer's. I just found out I have Alzheimer's. But at least I don't have Alzheimer's. Yeah, it's a funny Alzheimer's joke, Jeremiah. 
I know, that's why I said My it. grandmother had it. You insensitive uh, you have no guy. Idea. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, I mean, he, he's probably going to do Thor 5, and that will probably be his last Marvel movie, just so that, you know, and he might do little things here and well, there. He was supposed to be making that Hulk Hogan biopic thing. Yeah, I remember he was getting in like ridiculous shape for that. So yeah, so my my guess is you know he's gonna make a couple more movies and then kind of take a break, spend a lot of time with his family, just make a movie here or there, but nothing that like takes up months of his time anymore. You know, and you know then uh, sometimes the the studio just might forget to pay him, and you know, yeah, you know they'll use AI and. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, oh, that's something we haven't even mentioned that. Uh, oh, yeah. The yeah, SAG so... strike. Uh, well, uh, SAG, I don't think we mentioned it before. The, so both the SAG and writers strike are, are finally over. Um, I know that the writers, they definitely came to terms pretty well. They got the majority of what they wanted. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know the full terms of what the, the actors SAG, got. Yeah. But, um, but I it, do know that supposedly they got a lot of stuff, but it's only for like three years or something. Yeah, well, yeah so, they're going to renegotiate three. Yeah. So it's like, did they really win or did they just get a reprieve? Yeah. Uh, here's my thing. Why don't, you know, if the studios are going to be such dicks and not relent on any of this stuff and they're like, we want AI and you're going to give it to us. And you, even after you're dead, we'll use your likeness. Um, why don't they just go, all why doesn't SAG after just start its own studio and make their own movies and stuff? Mm-hmm. You've got enough people who can start up that sort of thing. You you clearly don't need the. But studio. they're not they're not a corporate because studios are now owned by corporations. So you know they're like they'll just. So that's what I mean. If, if they're going to be that way and they're not going to work with you. Yeah. Then why don't you all just make your own movies the way you want to make them, and the studios can go pound sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot of it's connections and distribution and all that stuff that, like, who knows, like, what deals, like, what contracts that studios have signed distributors and stuff, being like, oh, hey, yeah, you can't carry it unless it's, unless it has our approval or some BS. You know, it's like, um. I'm sure there's some. Sh- I mean, come on, these it's, it's these guys. Well, got right, to be but these shady studios assholes. all started small, Jeremiah. Yeah. They all started small, and I'm then not, they I'm get not, big. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying even the studio. I'm just saying that the corporations that freaking own them essentially mm-hmm. do shady shit to to try to to try to be like, oh yeah, sorry, we already undercut. We can't. Like, we we've we've blocked that avenue off from you. you yeah, know? but uh, new avenues can always be started, Jeremiah. Ooh, maybe that should be the name of their studio. Yeah, new avenues. New avenues. We should start it. Patent pending. We we created it. New avenue pictures. Copyright. Caleb Stevenson. We're only gonna do uh, classy pictures, though. You know, not, you know, something like yeah. uh, uh, classy, classy, <laughs> classy. You know, something like Harold and Maude or the Karate Kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and and Wing Commander. Uh, We're only gonna do classy movies like where dames get uh, naked. You know, a little something for daddy. <laughs> yeah, a little something for daddy. Classy pictures. 
uh, oh, that could be a subsidiary of it. <laughs> classic. Yeah, yeah, New, New Avenue, Avenue pictures. Uh, classic, classy pictures under New Avenue. New Avenue, uh, or, or, was it New Avenue, New Avenue Studios, uh, and classy pictures. <laughs> <laughs> a uh, new, a, a classy picture, a new stu, a New Avenue's production. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't. I mean. The point is that we're get, uh, finally uh, we're going to be getting a lot of <laughs> and the and the 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 uh, the 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 movie is uh, dames with gams. <laughs> what is this nineteen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hey, you no. see that new picture? That, I saw that new a picture and it was hot. <laughs> Do you see that new picture? It's called Dames with Gams. It's really classy, you know. Oh, man, it's a classy picture. Yeah, there's some dancing in it, some feathers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some classy feather dancing in there. It's great. I saw a woman's midriff with a gas. <laughs> uh, uh, the nape of her neck was so sexy. <laughs> um, but anywho, but she shaved the armpits and everything. But the uh, the point point being is that now that this that both strikes are over, things are back in production. Uh, I believe uh, they they start a lot of pictures now have started filming again. Uh, they talked about how Deadpool is actually I think they already started or you know Deadpool three already started uh, production again. Um, which that's one where it's like you gotta feel bad for old Hugh Jackman where he like. Yeah. got into shape again and it was like oh yeah, yeah. hey uh, we need you to I, I promised myself i was never gonna do this and yeah. here i am now <laughs> i mean he's a guy that's pushing six 60. months of this yeah he's, he's literally put at this point pushing 60 and it's i'm sure it's not easy for him to to get into that kind of shape anymore <laughs> but uh yeah. he is the music man um but uh but he's no the dreamers uh, of the dreams mm-hmm uh but no uh <clears throat> as I, I i digress uh but no that, this does mean that a lot of movies that that, that you know like they're, they're probably all going to come out right at the same time <laughs> yeah 30 pictures are going to come out yeah. every year for the next four years yeah because they were off for so long <laughs> hey everybody watch all these movies we gotta get better get our money back yeah <laughs> we gotta also, make our money back please, do, it, do it before the three-year period's over <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. but no, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it's over just because I, you know, I well, first off, I'm glad that they got what they needed. They got, they, they, they came up, they, they walked away from the table and they got what they wanted. They got what they needed as, a, as yeah. opposed to like, I feel that the, like, say for example, the writer's strike in the early aughts, it was, it was kind of how South Park made fun of it where it's just like, okay, we got something, but we didn't really get <laughs> what we asked for. <laughs> but, yeah. But this time, I think the sh- well, the big thing. No, you mean Canada? Yeah. Canada. Get it. Oh yes, yeah, Canada. Right. Yeah, but, but it was it was the but it was supposed to be the writers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But uh. But the uh. The I think the big thing that really kind of was was a massive negotiator for uh, both strikes was the Teamsters Union joined them, and yeah, you can't you can't use scab uh mo- like like uh, actors and writers. Or again, in, in in crew members, if the Teamsters aren't willing to be there and be like, "Yeah, we're deliver your stuff," it's like, oh, "No, it would basically just like, now nah, good luck unloading everything. Good luck, you know, doing all, you know, yeah. you know, good luck finding parking. Good luck, yeah." So, 
when the Teamsters Union joined, that pretty much was the nail on the coffin for the studios. I'm like, okay, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to sit down. You're gonna have to go negotiate. And this, and the thing is, though, it's like you look at what they asked for and how fast they they managed to negotiate with the Directors Guild. It's like you a holes could have done this. Well, and but ago. that's because the directors were like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> I mean, they were. It was almost like a formality with them. Yeah. And whereas the and the writers and the actors were like, no, we actually want stuff. Yeah. We we want stuff that uh, protects our livelihood. You guys are just basically, you know, the directors were like, yeah, whatever. We, you know, studios, we're good with you. Yeah. But then the others were like, no, we actually want our demands met. We don't want AI. We don't want, you know, yeah. um, we want a piece of the streaming because we made the movie. You can't get out of making residuals yeah. oh, well, just because we don't now really it's know. a new medium. We don't really know how many people are watching. I always love that. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Except you tell us how many people are watching all the time. Yeah. Before um, it became an issue. But yeah. So, I don't know. It's just people being... It's one of those things of like, oh, it's too bad, you know. Yeah, if you didn't have to pay for these the, the talent... God, well, also what hurt me. them... Yeah. <laughs> also what hurt them was all the independent studios were like, yes, you can have it. Mm-hmm. And and it's like oh so these little independent studios can do all this, why can't these big studios that make billions of dollars every week yeah. do this? Oh yeah, yeah, right. Good argument. Good argument. Uh, oh, it's like you know, oh, it? we're so we we don't have any money. Oh, yeah, oh we had oh we, you know we lost money this year. It's like then how come your your company is showing record uh you know profits? Yeah, why are you getting yeah. why why are you getting all these bonuses? Yeah, if you're losing money. Yeah, uh, but oh well. Point is, uh, they won. You know, yeah. yay, <laughs> yay, SAG and WGA. Um, I'm wondering if we should because I know we have a we've got a lot of the uh, you know. Well, we're gonna break things. these up. We've we were gone so long that we have like. 30 yeah. not that many but we have a lot of people that we have to in memoriam eight yeah so uh or in memoriam eyes sorry and i mean i don't even know if all of like, i don't even know if this is up to date but i mean i have uh quite a bit here and i mean i'll well i think yeah. I, I don't think anybody you know um other than people that there have been people that died but they're not people that were like yeah vital we'll, to our yeah to our and I, I mean up. so i will apologize for you know or we we do apologize if we if we skip or miss somebody but these these are these are ones that are just like kind of sig- people who are significant to us growing up in some way shape or form um and also like kind of put a dent on like sort of on the zeitgeist i guess if you will yeah um yeah, the zeitgeist the precious zeitgeist so the first one I have down, and I don't think we, because I'm, I'm fairly certain we didn't talk about her, um, but Sinead O'Connor. Uh, That's your first away. one. Yeah. What do you do? You have something earlier? Well, I went. I went in order of who died. Oh, I don't know. I just like I don't know. I just like I, said, okay. I never put them down. And like I, I mean, I have like when I heard it, like I, basically that's whenever I do it. So, so who, well, yeah. Okay. Do you so have go ahead. For you her? can go with her. No, okay. you can. Well, I've got. Four well, before her. Well, but... since I said Sinead, I guess we'll go with Sinead. Yeah. Let, me, let me first start off. with Sinead. Oh, first off here, damn it. Go back. Start with Sinead. Sinead. 
on, select. Right. Well, before Sinead, my dog Red was the yeah. very best boy. Are, are, are you talking about you? Know, was... wait, 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 Caleb, Caleb, you got Jeremiah, I'm talking about my my dog Red. Your dog Red. Oh. My dog Red. He 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 died. Mm. He died. Um, he was a he was the very best boy. Okay. Very very good dog. All right, all right. Um, I'm ready if you are. Okay, okay. Sinead. So, Sinead O'Connor. Uh, she died back in, you know, <laughs> this will show you how long ago it was since we've done an in-memoriam. Uh, died back in uh, on July 26th. Um, she was only 56 years old. Um, she died of, actually, it's yes, it's still undisclosed of what she died of. But uh, she was a famous Irish uh, singer in the 80s. Um sing a cover uh, her probably her biggest hit was a cover of prince's nothing compares which was a huge international hit um unfortunately she kind of had like her 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 image was kind of stained and because she was on um an episode she was a musical musical guest on snl uh when she was doing a acoustic version of a bob marley song um which like an anti-war song and at the end, she tore. She says, "Fight the enemy." Tears up a picture of the Pope, which was meant to be a, um, uh, a basically an indictment on the church's not paying, like, like basically sort of sweeping under a lot of the molestation stuff. Yeah. And people, I think people misinterpreted that and just thought, "Oh, she's tearing up a picture of the Pope. She must hate religion," and then just attacked her. Um, and you know, it took, it actually took years and years and years for her to kind of come back from that, uh, which really is a shame because this is before a lot of that stuff was kind of out there. It's like, it, like people sort of, it was, was kind of like Cosby in that people knew it was happening, but nobody really said anything about it. And <clears throat> unfortunately she was a cas- casualty of trying to speak her mind and trying to express her um disdain of what was going on in the church at the time um yeah and yeah no she and i said she uh one of the things too the other thing that was kind of she was known for was having the shaved head and an interesting story that i've learned about that was uh the reason why she decided to shave her head was because some guy early in her career i guess had said the only way you'll make it in this business is because of your looks and so basically as a fuck you to that guy, she shaved her head and was like, all right, let's see. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, but yeah, as I said, she was only, was it, uh, uh 56 years old. Um, you know, Hey, uh, you know, unfortunately got a bad rap, you know, somebody who had clearly a massive amount of talent and then unfortunately got a bad rap. Um, and you know, but still came out, I mean, years later came out on top. You know, like they, you know, she got to- completely vindicated for what she did. So, uh, R.I.P. I can't speak. R.I.P. Sinead O'Connor. Okay. Yeah, you go. <laughs> now you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the other ones, I mean, I, I'm, I guess I forgot she died before. He did, but uh, we never talked about Paul Rubens. Yeah, uh, he's actually he was actually next on my list. He was the thirtieth, yeah, um, of July. 
Yeah. And his was kind of unexpected, you know. Although apparently uh, he knew, he, I think he knew he was he was going because it was uh it was cancer. He did. He, I mean, for people, you know, he yeah. was one of the ones kind of kept it under wraps. I yeah. think like not many people knew he had cancer. Yeah. Um. And yeah, he was, and he was seventy years old. So I mean, like, still really honestly, like, did not look like he was seventy years old. No, it just always looked like Pee Wee. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, he was for me. It really, show. What's that? Yeah, talk talk about him. What? Talk about him. You're good. Well, I was just gonna say, like, for me, he it was it was a big part of my childhood, you know, because I remember seeing Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, that's tough. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> But like Pee Wee's Big Adventure was a movie I remember growing up with, and then of course Pee Wee's Playhouse, yeah. and like I feel like like he was like a big he, like, for kids like who were our age, he was a major player. Like he was sort of like because it wasn't it was a kid show, but it wasn't like Sesame Street. It was almost like a little because because it was more quirky. Um, kind of had a lo- lot. Well, kind of it had a lot of innuendo in it. <laughs> um. And uh, there's there was an episode that I remember specifically, and this is probably why I have the sense of humor I have is because there was an episode where they were trying, like the everybody in there, they decided they wanted to make a newspaper. And you know how when he would open up his refrigerator, like the food would come to life and be doing like some like sort of like claymation sketch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember they had their own uh, printing press, and their printing press was made out of corn. And like so, when the when the you know the, the corn's like printing the paper, and then whenever they they hand the paper to him, and he reads it, and he goes, <laughs> "Hmm, kind of corny." <laughs> yeah. And oh my god, that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard at that age, and to this day I still talk about that. And I remember like I remember that episode. I remember that episode coming on, and my mom being in the background. And they're going, gah! Like that. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, parents, parents don't like Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Um, no, what, are your, what are some of your Pee Wee memories? Uh, well, I mean, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was, you know, the large barge. Yeah. And all the bicycle and the the scene where... He's like riding through the Godzilla movie. Yeah. That at the end where the paging Mr. Herman. Oh, nothing right now, Mr. Herman. You have a phone call. Well, also, a lot of people that forget. That whole movie, that whole movie was just, I, I, you can't describe what it was like when you were a kid yeah. in the 80s watching that movie. And fun fact, that was Tim Burton's first feature-length film. Wow. Yeah. That was a fun And written by, and, co- oh, well, Co-wrote uh, by Phil Hartman. Yeah, like that. Yeah. I always forget. That's one of those weird fun facts. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, also, there's another one, but I can't think of who it involved. But something like that, where it's like, oh, huh. So that was another fun fact that you didn't don't know because I can't remember it. <laughs> so it's so fun. And so maybe fact. we'll see you later and you'll learn it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I you know everybody our age. That's one of the seminal movies that you know. Yeah, and then the, the show, big like the big a... tub, the big bathtub, 
uh, oh, with all the, the... Uh, what's his face? Uh, God, what was his name? The the the, the a hole kid. Um, yeah, a hole kid who was a grown yeah. man. Um, yeah, is so and so home really? Where are they hosing him down? I can't... Oh God, what was his name? Uh, I can't. Uh, I can see his face because that dude's actually from Oklahoma. Um, yeah, yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, uh, oh God, what was his name? Winston or uh, no, something. No, no. Oh, oh, I have. I literally have the freaking phone open. Why am I not? Look, why am I not looking it up? It's because I'm trying to not to be dependent on. We wanted wanted to massage our old mush brains yeah. and try to get uh, Francis. Of- That's a, yeah, Francis Buxton. Yeah, um, like but then the well, then the other thing that another movie he did uh, actually is about a year later, and it was as, it, he was credited as Paul Rubens, but clearly it was his voice. Was do you remember the movie Flight of the Navigator? Oh yeah, he was the he's the, the robot. Alien. Yeah, or the, or yeah, the ship. Yeah, because <laughs> they would even do like the. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, he was the voice of that. that. What an idiot! You didn't know that. Yeah. Well, and then he uh, and and he was in some of like the Cheech and Chong movies because he was a member of the Groundlings, and they like to use Groundlings members in their um, in a few of their movies. Yeah. Because uh, I just remember there's the thing from Nice Dreams where essentially he's doing Martini, and it's kind of like where he developed the Pee Wee voice, but he's doing uh, Martini from uh, uh, Cuckoo's Nest. He's like, yeah. I'm sorry, I took the money. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm awful sorry. And then, I'm not sorry I took the money. <laughs> and I just watched something the other day that was uh, that he was in. It, it was like one of his first roles, probably because it was a nothing. Blues Brothers. Yeah, Blues yeah, Brothers. Yeah, because he's a, he's, he's the uh, he's the server, the restaurant, yeah. the waiter. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, I always forget he's in this. Yeah. Um. Because it's just a little, like you know, just, just a, a like a bit part, yeah. <laughs> like say when, um, yeah. So Paul Rubens, R.I.P. He has a lived, lived uh, a great life. Well, you know, and he had he had his little incident with yeah. the theater, and he came back in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then well, then he had, and then he had another incident <laughs> involving what he called kitsch art, and then because the whole thing is like the thing in the theater pretty much ended Pee Wee Herman, then he had to become Paul Rubens. And then the kit chart scandal uh, ended Paul Rubens, but people had already and forgotten he... about the, the virtual thing from Pee Wee Herman, so then he came back as Pee Wee Herman. Yes. <laughs> uh, so. And that's what it says on his tombstone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> uh, say it, don't spray it. <laughs> I know you have, but what am I? Yeah. I think it's going to last longer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Next. Well, on mine, uh, I have William Friedkin. Do you have him? I do not have William Friedkin you on not. Uh Well, so, uh, William Friedkin uh, is a famous uh, director who... Um, Probably most know what most people know him for are two films, uh, The French Connection and then The Exorcist. Um, but uh, fun fact, he fun fact, he actually got his start here in Chicago working for WGN. Uh, he was a he was doing a documentary film series about a guy on death row. And 
he never, and this is the thing I always say is like, he never had one day or he never had one class in, in film school. Everything he learned, he said he learned from just loving movies, uh, particularly, uh, you know, his favorite movie, which was Citizen Kane. And he talked about how he watched that movie over and over and over again just to learn no, the techniques. No, no. He watched it over and over <laughs> and over. <laughs> nice little callback to, to Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he watched it you know, just repeatedly and learned all the techniques solely from that. And, uh, and yeah, he, it, it, well, and he had also, because of his skill, as I said, from being a uh, documentary filmmaker, he kind of incorporated that in his filmmaking and exorcist to this day, I think is still one of the most iconic horror movies. Um, and, uh, and, and French connection famously has the, uh, like one of like the best car chase scenes. And a big part of that was because they did not have, have you ever seen the French connection? Uh, it's been a long time. So there's the scene where Popeye Doyle is chasing the, like he's in his car and he's trying to, he's chasing the L to try to get to, to try to get the guy at the next stop. And there is a scene where you just see the car going in and out of track. It's like from like they, they, they put a camera on the car and so it's from the car's point of view. And it looks like it's just like weaving in and out of traffic and just narrowly missing, uh, narrowly missing yeah. cars. And they did not have a permit to do that. Like he just was like, he talked to this, the guy who was the stunt driver. He's like, I have this great idea for a shot, but I don't know if we can do it. And and then the stunt driver is just like, oh, we can do it. And so he's like, all right, let's do it. And so, yeah, so that, I think it's like him and the stunt driver in the car, just narrowly, a miss, just narrowly missing um, being hit. Um, but he also, uh, he also did some like, you know, uh, like later, later in his career, um, he directed a lot of uh, Tracy Letts stuff. Now, if you don't know who Tracy Letts is, fun fact. do you know who Tracy Letts is? Uh, it's a fun fact. So, uh-huh. Tracy Letts is a mm-hmm. playwright. Well, he's a, he's a playwright from Oklahoma, but he's also, uh, he was a Chicago actor uh, at, at Steppenwolf. Um, and, uh, but then kind of made his bones as a, as a playwright. Also, well, fun fact, he's the guy from the, uh, uh, Festivus episode of of Seinfeld that goes me I'm a man the like sleazy guy <laughs> yeah um but no uh, so uh, he directed uh the, there there were two plays that he had written uh one called Bug and another one called I think Killer Joe was the other one and um and uh and yeah and he and William Freakin adapted those into movies and the, you know they're they're one of those they're ones that like kind of were more independent cinema, but still did fairly well. Um, they're more, like, they're ones that like I think with um, uh, with time have really like you know they didn't you know they didn't make a big splash when they came out, but as time has gone on, like people are like oh yeah this is a really good movie. Um, did you ever see Bug? I did not. I did not see Bug. But you know what Bug is, right? Yeah. And that one actually takes place in Oklahoma, and the idea is that perhaps Michael Shannon's character, because it's supposed to be roughly around the time of the Oklahoma City bombing, and the implication mm-hmm. is that Michael, like one of the, one of like the one of the things, one of the little sort of like seeds they plant is that maybe Michael Shannon is John Doe number two. Yeah, and like there's well, this whole because there's this whole thing about how like they're paranoid and 
like he 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 has like a psychosis where he thinks that bugs are like bugs are crawling all over him and then he transfers his psychosis to her and then she starts getting it and like they mm. keep thinking that oh they're 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 or bugs like like they're 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 just boring inside us right now and and yeah it's it's a pretty as, as far as like sort of like thriller horror movies go it's definitely i, I definitely you should w- at least watch it once and like, and like I said, does, the, does he say does he say no covered with scorpions <laughs> he's covered with bugs oh no actually since it's michael shannon he goes our michael shannon and, and i'm and covered, covered with, with bugs, bugs right now i'm very <laughs> I like i'm very you. <laughs> I, I am very unhappy that i'm covered with bugs I'm gonna stare into you very. <laughs> I'd like to thank you for for being here. I'm, I'm gonna go home now. I, just, I love the 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 Colbert thing with Michael Shannon, where he's like, "All right, I'm Michael Shannon, and I've got some holiday songs I want to sing." Exactly, Michael Shannon. <laughs> oh, but anyway, but yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, William Freakin was, oh God, how old was he? Um, uh, let's see here. He was 80, I mean, 87 years old. So the man, the man lived quite a full life, directed, um, uh, was, well, first off, uh, won, won the Oscar for best director for The Exorcist. And then also, oh, excuse me, he was nominated for best director, won the best director for The French Connection, uh, nominated for Exorcist uh, two years later. Fun fact. Um, that's yes, one fact. Uh, he also, in the filmography, uh, mm-hmm. had directed 41 pictures. Actually, apparently, directed some, uh, has, has one upcoming project still. Oh, I guess there's another. I don't know if that's a different version of Killer Joe, but, um, uh, but yeah, uh, and died of pneumonia, uh, back on, uh, August 7th. Um, but still, once again, this dude huge bucket of win. I mean, this guy directed some of the most iconic movies ever made a sorcerer is apparently another one that he did, which I have not seen, but a lot of people have told me it's really good. It's uh, uh, Roy Scheider's in it. Apparently it's like this, these guys trying to get this truck through the jungle uh, in South America. And it's apparently like, like it, it's a movie that has, it's one of those movies that like, once again, don't think it was a big splash when it came out, but, through the test of time, like people like like a lot of directors go, oh yeah, I love this. It inspired this moment in my movie, type of thing. Mm, mm-hmm. So R.I.P. Uh, William Friedkin. Uh, actually, I, I kind of feel if I mention her, we also have to mention that it's a twofer because they were both voice actors, even though they died months apart. Um, uh, well, for, before I go to her, um, I'll, I'll do the one I have beforehand. Uh, Terry Funk. Are you aware of who Terry Funk was? Um, no, I don't have him on my list. So I forgot. Terry Terry Funk was a wrestler. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, he uh, and he was a wrestler slash actor. Uh, what's funny is probably more people recognize him from acting than from wrestling. Uh, he died back on August twenty third. Uh, he was seventy nine years old, uh, which is actually for a professional wrestler, especially a guy who did the stuff that he did uh pretty uh, that's a that's a pretty ripe old age um he was one of the he was kind of well known for being sort of uh, a hardcore sort of like you know bob wire match kind of guy yeah. um 
he uh like, you know what would most... like mankind yeah well actually well they were the two of them were really good friends uh he yeah. and um mick foley were actually best friends and they were tag team partners there for a while um but uh but yeah he um uh i know like, like, like you'd, you'd probably recognize him from movies like uh roadhouse in which he plays um Morgan, the guy who like is the first, he's the he's the the first bouncer that gets fired and and all like like literally in, in, during the the like, there's the guy who like looks at uh, Patrick Swayze and goes, "You're not drinking, you're out of here." That guy. Uh-huh. Um, he was in that. Uh, he was in Over the Top. He's the guy that Stallone throws through mm. the the winch the window and he goes, "Mr. Mm. Cutler is speaking to you." Um, but uh, but he actually, over the top. What's that? I said that was a little over the top. Uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, he, um, uh, you know, he, he actually had to retire from wrestling in the, I want to say, early 2000s, late 90s, because, and that it's actually documented in the wrestling documentary um, Beyond the Mat. Uh, apparently, uh, he'd been given an ultimatum by his doctor, like saying, you can either wrestle or you can walk. Cause I guess he had depleted the cartilage in one of his knees so badly that he could barely, that he was just having a really hard time. And yeah. it's kind of a heartbreaking scene. Cause you see him like with his, it's like with his family and they're like pleading him to, to stop. And like, and I think eventually like that, that it, it did, it did its job. Like they actually, got him to stop and like you need you just retire at this point there's no need for you to do this <laughs> so yeah well because you see guys like him yeah and rowdy roddy piper and mick foley yeah. like they cannot walk well i'll never i'll never forget the time you and i saw piper walk down that hall when we were waiting to we were at the Wizard yeah World. it was just like and it was just like yeah it's like god that must be painful and i mean he doesn't have that problem now um obviously clearly yeah um but uh but yeah no it's just it's very demanding especially if you're doing a lot of it like i said the the hardcore match stuff which he which he did in a big portion of his career i mean that that's eventually going to catch up to you but still 79 for somebody who who lived in that career who lived in that business and did it for as long as he did is a good run so uh r.i.p terry funk so the next one I have, like I said, I kind of feel that we should do a twofer on this because they are both voice yeah. actors on this. And then we can we can finish up and we'll get to the rest next yeah. episode. Yeah, because uh, actually, because there are a lot. Yeah, but I mean, we've made we've actually made quite a we made some pretty big headway here. Um, it sounds messed up. Um, so. Uh, first since she since she since she passed away first um we lost uh, two so we lost two uh, very important uh and very well-known voice actors uh, uh this earlier this year um the uh, first of course is arlene sorkin now if you don't know the name i guarantee you know the voice and i know you know an iconic character that she basically was based off of um, or the or was based off of her, excuse me. Um, and let me just say, pudding, if that helps you. <laughs> um, I still don't get it, Mr. J. Here, here, 
but anyhow, so Arlene Sorkin was actually the the, uh, the uh, is who the character uh, Harley Quinn was based off of. Um, uh, Paul Dini was a former like a, a former roommate, I believe, and friend of Arlene Sorkin's. Uh, he happened to be watching, and she was on. She played the character Calliope on Days of Our Lives, and he happened to be homesick one day. Uh, while he was right, I guess he was writing an episode of uh, Batman the Animated Series, which was called Joker's Favor. And he happened to, you know, he you know had the TV on in the background, and suddenly happened to hear Arlene's voice, and looked at the TV, and it was her dressed up in sort of a Harlequin. She's supposed to be like a court jester in like a dream sequence. And when he saw her and saw the way she acted in that scene, that's what gave him the inspiration to create Harley Quinn. Uh, cause he, cause he wanted to have one of the, he just wanted to have one of the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, hench, Joker's henchman be a female and then be dressed up in sort of a, a Harlequin outfit. And, then and the rest is history. history. Yeah. <laughs> it is to laugh, huh, Mr. J? <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I remember because my mom was a huge Days of Our Lives fan, so I remembered Calliope, and and it's also funny just to see like how many times you can spot her in movies. Like for example, now that now that we are in the holiday season, watch Trading Places. Uh, there's the scene whenever Eddie Murphy, uh, whenever after he's like gotten there, they've, they've switched places, and he's having the party at the house. Yeah, and right after he does the ter- takes the record off the player and goes, "Get the fuck out!" The you know everybody's grabbing their coats and leaving, and then the last lady that um, the butler puts the coat on and she goes, "Thank you." That's her. Yeah, and it's always funny. Like ah, <laughs> I I love pointing that out to people. I'm like that's Harley Quinn. <laughs> um, but yeah, and she uh, so she was a. Television and theater actress uh, for many years. Then Paul um, Dini, uh, you know, call, gives it a call and says, "Hey, yeah, there's a character I'd really love for you to voice. I base it off of you." He says yes, and really kind of. She's the one that sort of gave her like the the sort of Brooklyn act, like the Brooklyn Bronx accent, um, because like he didn't, you know, uh, Dini didn't suggest that. Like she, it was just something she decided to do, and that's kind of been a staple of Harley Quinn, and a lot, especially in like when Margot Robbie portrays her. Um, I don't really know if I noticed Kaylee Cuoco doing it so much, like the the Brooklyn accent. Yeah, I mean, not as heavy, but yeah. she does. She still does the kind of woof woof. Yeah, you know, it, it's there a little bit. Yeah. But um, but yeah, uh, she was sixty-seven when she so she died back on the twenty-fourth of August. She was only sixty-seven. Uh, you know, died of complications from MS. So yeah. Uh, well, was, and you you mentioned one of her favorite lines that you had, one of your favorite lines of hers. Uh, one of mine was, <clears throat> so she is acting like a lawyer, and getting oh, the yeah. little Weasley guy the Weasley guy out of prison. Yeah. And Harvey uh uh Bullock. Uh Bullock Bullock yeah. he goes, Hey, don't I know you from somewhere? And she goes, I think I served you a subpoena once. And then she starts to walk away slowly and then she turns around and goes, It was a small subpoena. Yeah. Well, and, and just the way she says it, like she 
I think I served you a subpoena once. It was a small subpoena. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. And the thing too about that episode, you can tell they hadn't really developed her backstory yet because even the she goes, "I am attorney uh, Harleen uh, Harleen Quinzel," which is which is her real name, like which later on it becomes the character's name, and they made her a psychiatrist. So uh, you can tell, like, right. Were, well, and I don't think yeah. that was she was supposed to be an attorney. You know, no, no, she is. I think she was. No, she was because she served him a subpoena. So she well, but she she was joking about that. I know, but but the point was she was. I, to, what I'm saying yeah. is she wasn't actually a, a lawyer. No, I know, I know that an attorney. Yeah, I know, but they had to really see what the... what she was doing was acting. I know, I know, I know, because <laughs> thank you, Ian McKellen. Uh, but the point is, they hadn't. You could tell, like they 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 went ahead and gave her that name because that they would know who she was <laughs> if she used that name. It's like, well, they would know yeah. Harley Quinn's alias, <laughs> so they hadn't. Yeah. At that point in the story, it was just like they still hadn't really developed it, and they're probably like, we really like that name. What's and then then decided, okay, yeah, let's make it where that was her original name. She was a psychiatrist <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and she was also famously, you know, married to Christopher Lloyd, not the one you think. Uh, the one who uh, uh, co-created um, and was a showrunner for the TV show Frasier. In fact, she made a few appearances on that show over the years. And I remember she's in the season finale, or excuse me, series finale of that show. But didn't he do Cheers too? Uh, I forget it. I think that was. I mean, he did several shows. Yeah, maybe uh, Frasier was. Uh, let's see here. Wing. Uh, he was. He was. Uh, he, he was involved with Wings. Uh-huh. I forget the. I don't think it was Cheer uh, Golden Ghouls. Well, because you know Fraser was a spinoff. It was a of spinoff of it, but yeah, but it was because I remember the the guys who did Cheers. I thought it was somebody who was like involved with The Simpsons. I can't, Maybe, but well, uh, I, Christopher Lloyd has done several shows. Yeah, but yeah, Modern Family was the other big one that he did. You know, yeah. Um, but anywho, but yeah, Fraser like Fraser and Modern Family basically were his, and I guess Golden Girls were kind of like his biggest hits. Um, but anywho, but yes, yeah, so R.I.P. Arlene Sorkin. So then I guess the last one, and this one, this one was actually a little more recent. And the reason why we're mentioning this is because also on the same show, Batman, the animated series, uh, this gentleman recently passed away. Um, uh, Richard Mull, uh, who voiced the character Two-Face, um, or, or originally, uh, Harvey Dent, uh, and then eventually you actually, you know, that was one thing I did like about the, the cart, the, the cartoon was how it shows, it, it showed the, um, uh, uh, like the evolution of him, how like, oh yeah, how he's, I was originally like this sort of crusading, uh, crime fighter district attorney guy, and then becomes a monster. And like, and it's probably one of the most iconic scenes from the show of like, you know, you see half his face, he turns and the lightning strikes and you see, oh God, it's hideous. <laughs> he's a, a hollow-headed monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and he gets better later on, but then kind of like they have him kind of teeter back and forth yeah. sometimes. Well, they, uh, it was always like there was something kind of, you know, mentally he just, like how he, he was broken, you know. Um, but yeah, so... He was all the other role that he was probably most well known for was playing Bull the Bailiff on Night Court. Um, yeah. which that was the thing I always remember him because you know he kind of played this sort of lovable yet 
you know, you know, like, like sort of like gentle giant type character. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and, and he is now like, you know, it's one of those things that's kind of more, you know, what's that? He was the judge. Um, wasn't he a judge on something? Oh, I can't remember. Maybe not. Uh, uh, but uh, it may, well, he was the, the ghost in Scary Movie 2. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, and uh, and yeah, the, the other thing too I always remember him from as a kid was, do you remember the movie House? The horror movie? Yeah, because yeah, he played yeah. Big Ben who is the who ends up yeah. being like the the real bad guy, like like the inevitable big bad of it, because he plays a guy that um, uh, William Katz character left the die, like, you know, got scared and left to die in Vietnam, and so then like his like his sort of like you know, because the house is sort of like this weird portal to the supernatural. So then his ghost, uh-huh. like his, like his ghost comes and and manifests and kidnaps his son, and then basically is like trying to torture him for. Leaving him and like leaving him to die in Vietnam, um, and uh, and yeah, I, I, like you know, I remember him in that. Um, he's also in a bunch of like he, he was he was one of those guys that because he had because of his size and his voice, he got cast as a lot of monsters and stuff. Right. <laughs> so like you'd see him in a lot of science fiction stuff. Um, apparently, I'm trying to look here. Um, I just remember, like I said, I remember him from uh, Scary Movie Two, where he's the where he's the ghost. Apparently, yeah, he did stuff for Cow and Chicken. Uh, he's a big voiceover. Oh, oh yeah, uh, he's on the old Incredible Hulk uh, cartoon from the '90s. He was the voice of the Abomination, uh, and yeah. which you can totally see. I like just, oh, you know, where he's just kind of like, uh, you know. Um, I believe he was also in that uh, Sword and the Sorcerer movie, which is. It's not a good movie, but it's you know it's just one of those classic sort of '80s uh, fan sci-fi fantasy movies, and it's yeah. the one that has the death of Blast Hard Cheese. Yeah, uh, and then I remember he was also in um, the TV pilot for the Highlander uh, TV show uh, yeah. that had him. It was like him and Christopher Lambert were kind of like, oh, we're pulling out the big. You no, know, we want to get some big names and at the time he was a fairly big name and he plays the villain a guy called Slade Quincy or Quince and I just remember this whole thing it was around that because it came out in 92 and I remember they wanted to have him you know the the, the that was when uh, Sons of the Lambs had come out and so I remember his, the big thing was like his character was supposed to be vain so he wears that mask when he fight when he sword fights <laughs> It won't scar his face, but it was just like it's clearly the Hannibal Lecter mask, you know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, he was God. How old was he? I think close to close to eighty, if not. Oh, he was. So he was eighty. Um, undisclosed on what he died of exactly, but you know, I mean, eighty. So he could. It just could be that you know it was it was his time. Um, yeah. but uh, but yeah, no. Uh, once again. Guy who was a large part of childhood between Night Court yeah. uh, and Batman, um, yeah. and and honestly did a, a did a tremendous job with uh, with uh, uh, two like Harvey Two Face because it's really the first, really I guess you would he he was the first person to technically play him because 
Billy D. Williams was supposed to play Two Face in Batman Returns, but they nixed that. Uh, so yeah, yeah. He, he's really the if I recall, he is. He, I guess he would technically be the first portrayal of Two Face that we ever got. So, R.I.P. Richard Mull, uh, you will be missed. All right. Well, we're almost at eighty minutes, so let's wrap this up so we can finish on his age. Oh, I thought I said he was eighty. Yeah, yeah. I said we're almost at eighty, but oh, now I got, oh we're okay, fifteen seconds. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, Time is winding down. We got to finish it up. All right. Well, um, I guess that's it for today. Unless there's anything you got to say before we go. Nope. We'll get to the other people next time. Okay. Two minutes, one minute. All right. 80. Uh, we passed it, Jeremiah. You suck. Oh, well, well, I, well I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're a terrible failure. Um, but anywho, uh, well, for those of you out there listening, uh, once again, thank you. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And remember, if you like what it is that we do here, please remember to like, uh, subscribe, and most importantly, share this podcast it's thanksgiving like i said so show your thanks by sharing us with your friends and loved ones and that way they'll never talk to you ever again yeah put our picture on your pumpkin pie yeah no what we want them to be hungry caleb cover us in whipped cream (laughs) to hide our ugly faces All right. See you around, folks. Yeah. All right. Thanksgiving. (laughs) Thank you.